Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox. Welcome to Stories of the Unexpected. In this podcast series, I tell uh, stories that have happened to me or family members or friends, and sometimes from the lives of the saints, of things that are mar- m- miraculous or marvelous, uh, things that are supernatural and paranormal. And today's story is called My Mysterious Meeting with St. Bernadette. This story is a little little bit longer than some of the others because uh, some other things happened um, after the story itself, which are quite remarkable. It happened in the summer of 1987. I was an Anglican uh, priest and I had three months free in between uh, jobs. And so I decided to take the summer and do a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, uh, hitchhiking from England. And I was gonna stay in monasteries all along the way through France and Italy. Uh, and what I decided to do, one of the places I decided to go was Nevers. Uh, it's pronounced Nevers in France, but it's spelled like Nevers. And uh, in the convent of St. Gildard in Nevers is uh, the incorrupt body of St. Bernadette. And I'd read about this uh, marvel, and I thought, well, I'd like to go and see that. Mind you, I was an Anglican priest at the time, and my attitude to these very Catholic things like uh, incorrupt bodies of saints and so forth was really just kind of curious. Um, I was interested and intrigued, but I I really didn't know much about St. Bernadette and uh, the events at Lourdes, and and, um, I just wanted to go and see this particular phenomenon. So uh, that day I was hitchhiking. Uh, It was a long day of hitchhiking, I remember, and I finally uh, got into a uh, tractor-trailer truck that picked me up and took me the last uh, leg of the journey, and I arrived and walked through the gates of of the convent, and the French nuns gave me a place for the night, and... There were lots of other pilgrims there uh, from Ireland, as I remember, uh, on their way to, to Lourdes. And so I came down for the evening meal and in the refectory, in the big dining room, I sat by myself and a woman came and sat next to me. And she said in a sort of Southern American accent, do you mind if I sit here? I said, no, you're very welcome. She said, uh, 
my name is Betty Sue and I come from Alabama. I said, well, I'm very pleased to meet you. And she said, I, I come every, every summer to spend time with Bernadette. She says, I used to be Baptist, but I was converted to the Catholic faith because I had a vision of St. Bernadette. Well, I thought this was kind of an unusual uh, person to meet, um, a, a woman from Alabama who was a convert uh, who spent every summer in France. So um, she was very friendly and she showed me, the, she had the keys to the whole place. She, she showed me the room where St. Bernadette died, which was kept just as it was uh, on the day she died. They, she showed me her St. Bernadette's um, tomb and explained how they had uh, exhumed her body and after 20 years it was still the way it was when they buried her and how they exhumed it again later and again <clears throat> the body was incorrupt. And Betty Sue was a real character. She said, um, I know all about this because my daddy back in Mobile is an undertaker. Anyway, she was very kind, very welcoming person. And the next day, um, before I got on the road uh, to on my pilgrimage to Jerusalem, Betty Sue said, now, before you go out hitchhiking again, she said, I want you to spend some time with Bernadette. So I went back to the chapel and uh, there in the side chapel where her relics are displayed in a, in a glass um, sort of coffin, you can see her incorrupt remains. I began to pray. And I can remember... Um, in the central part of the chapel, which is up on a different level, uh, mass was being conducted for the Irish pilgrims, and I was just praying quietly. Uh, and as I was praying, I there was a beautiful fragrance of, of roses. So I went out the side door where Mary Betty Sue was waiting, and she said to me, "Well, how was it?" I said, "Well, you know, it was, it was uh, wonderful, actually." I, I she said, and and. Did you feel close to Bernadette? I said, you know, I, I, I did, I said, and it was very peaceful. And I said, there was a wonderful fragrance of flowers, but I guess it was just the air freshener. She said, oh, no, she said, that's not the air freshener. She said, you've been granted a special grace by Bernadette. You've been granted the odor of sanctity. Well, I said, um, what is that? She said, it's just the fragrance of flowers when you're praying, and it's a special gift from heaven. She said, no, I hope that you will remember that when you <clears throat> get to Jerusalem, and that you will pray for me and know that St. Bernadette is going with you on your journey. Well, that was in 1987, and I was still on my way towards conversion to the Catholic Church. And during that time, I had got into some discussions about the Blessed Virgin Mary and the difficulties of the doctrines I was having with her. And I can remember I got stuck on the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception. And um, I understood it, and I understood <clears throat> why Catholics believed it, but I was having trouble that the Pope said it was a dogma, that you had to believe it. Uh, and I thought, why can't it just be something which Catholics like, but everybody else doesn't have to? Um, and so I got stuck there. And But a year or so later, I was back in France and uh, again, hitchhiking to some different monasteries. And while I was doing that, um, I can remember it was the cathedral in Bayou in Normandy. Uh, it was, a, it was a, a day in October, I think. And I can remember going into the cathedral and just wandering around and praying at some of the side chapels. And I was praying in one of the side chapels and stayed there for a little bit longer. And all I can say is that I went into the cathedral not believing in the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, but when I came out, I did believe in it. And then, after I sort of resolved this question in my mind and my heart, I realized that 
the chapel where I had been praying, the side chapel in the cathedral where I had been praying, was dedicated to St. Bernadette. And everything sort of came together. And I, I realized, of course, that um, it was at Lourdes that, uh, Saint, that the Blessed Virgin Mary said to St. Bernadette, I am the Immaculate Conception. And they were so amazed that this peasant girl understood that, that doctrine, because at the time, the doctrine was not widely known and widely taught. Uh, and yet she understood the doctrine and she was told by the Blessed Virgin, I am the Immaculate Conception. So I tell that story to, to illustrate that something marvelous and miraculous happened with the odor of sanctity by the relics of, of St. Bernadette. And I'm going to do another episode in which I explore the phenomenon of uh, uh, incorrupt bodies a little bit later. But this particular event of the um, odor of sanctity was something which happened directly to me. And you see, it actually had uh, a reason. It wasn't just some kind of a miracle that was or done like magic to impress me. The Lord knew that that relationship with, with Bernadette and the message from the Blessed Mother was something I needed to hear, even though it would only come to fruition and, 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 and come into full flower a couple of years later with the experience in Bayou Cathedral, in which that message of the Immaculate Conception went from my head to my heart. And that very often is the reason we have these miraculous and, and, and marvelous experiences in order to take the things which we believe with our head and apply them in our lives and in our hearts and make them more real to us. Well, there's a little postscript to this story as well. I, I was telling this story at a speaking engagement in California many years later. By this time, I'd become a, a, a Catholic and a Catholic priest. And I told this story about um, Betty Sue in the, in the convent in Never. And after the talk, a little Italian-American fellow runs up to me and says, Father, Father, he says, you know the woman in the convent in France? I said, yes. She said, he said, the same thing happened to me. He said, I was over there and this woman showed me around, just like you, showed me the room where Bernadette died, told me all about Bernadette, got me pray before Bernadette and was always with me there. He said, but here's the weird thing. He said, I wrote to the sisters in the convent when I got back to America, and I said, who is the American woman you have over there who gives people tours and tells people about Bernadette because I would like to um, be in touch with her? And the sisters wrote back and said, there isn't anybody like that. Well, who was Betty Sue? What do you make of that mysterious encounter with, with Bernadette? Some people have said to me, oh, Betty Sue was an angel. <coughs> And I said, well, an angel who's a convert to Catholicism from Alabama, there are some unusual things that happen in the world. Who, who knows who Betty Sue was? Um, it could be that the nuns simp simply lost track of a, an American visitor who was there, but uh, I'll leave that for you and for you, uh, your, your uh, heart and mind to ponder a little bit longer. The last thing I would like to say about this uh, particular story <clears throat> is a reminder about the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin. The Immaculate Conception is the belief that Mary, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, was conceived in her mother's womb uh, by a direct act of the Lord 
preserved from the stain of original sin. She was conceived in the natural way with her mother and father, Joachim and Anna, but God preserved her from the stain of original sin so that she would be able to be a pure vessel for his son to take human flesh. And also, and this is very important, so that her choice when God gave her the choice to obey or disobey would be a totally free choice. You see, um, our because of original sin, our choices are burdened and weighed down by concupiscence. Concupiscence is the tendency to choose wrongly and to choose um, selfishly. The Blessed Mother, because she was conceived immaculately, was not weighed down and burdened by concupiscence. Therefore, her choice to obey or to disobey God was completely free. That's why the fathers of the church call her the second Eve, because as the first Eve had totally free choice and disobeyed, the second Eve had totally free choice, restored again by God through the Immaculate Conception, uh, so that she could make a totally free choice. And all I can say about that experience with Betty Sue and St. Bernadette and um, the, the events in, in, um, in Bayou Cathedral is that in some strange kind of way, I felt that the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception was also being presented to me as a choice that I could make. It wasn't something which was demanded of me and forced down my throat and imposed upon me, but simply uh, it was something which was presented to me in a very gentle way and saying, this is a beautiful and a true doctrine. What will you do with it? And my cho choice, my free will needed to be engaged so that uh, I could be fully engaged with the, the fullness of Marian dogma and fullness of Marian doctrine, and then finally take that final step into the Catholic Church. This is Stories of the Unexpected. Uh, I hope you're enjoying these stories. I try to put them up every week, and I'll continue to do so until I run out. Uh, if you'd like to make any comments about the stories, you can use that facility uh, on the comments page on the blog. Thank you for listening. Teachings for an Unbelievable World is a newly discovered work written by St. John Paul II, then Archbishop Karl Wotia of Krakow, in the years just after Vatican II. This is the first English language publication of this important work. In this hardcover book that Scott Hahn calls one of the greatest hidden treasures unearthed in our time, 13 brief homilies provide compelling teaching for Catholics in today's post-Christian world and give fresh insights into JP2's pontificate. You can get a copy of this important new book at AveMariaPress.com. Use code JP2Teachings, that's J-P-I-I-Teachings, to get 20% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top-tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic-themed coffees available at www.grimbeancoffee.com forward slash Redbox Media. Experience coffee like never before.